0: Well, the healthcare system in Alberta, as we know like in many places uh, across the country, and in fact, around the world, is under a lot of pressure. It's just not doing what we need it to do and what we expect it to do. Um, Nonetheless, we're here in Alberta, so let's focus on Alberta. And the issue's well-documented. We've talked about them a lot. Um, And it's the stated commitment of our premier to fix things and to fix things fast, an overhaul, right? And we've seen some action just within the last couple of days on at least two or three fronts that I can think of. So to get into that, what's happening and what we might see in the future, we're going to chat now with the province's Health Minister, Jason Copping. Uh, Minister Copping, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Shay.
0: Why don't we start um, with yesterday's announcement surrounding EMS um, to, to back up a little bit. The province accepting and working to implement like more than 50 recommendations that came out of two reports. What were those reports examining specifically and what are they recommending?
1: Yeah, well, thanks. So the two reports, um, the first is from the uh, APEC, which is a, an advisory committee. Uh, that was appointed uh, last January and and asked the advisory committee, and it it included not only, um, you know, AHS and and Alberta Health, but, you know, uh, the College of Paramedics, uh, post-secondary institutions that do training, um, representatives from, you know, municipalities, uh, also, representatives, because as you know, it's not only AHS provides paramedic service to our province, um, but a, no, a number of uh, not-for-profit, uh, so you know, municipalities provide service, and, and for-profit, uh, and uh, and this, I asked, tasked this group to look at the challenges that we're facing in our our EMS system, particularly you know the increase we've had, you know, since uh, summer of 2021, 30%. Uh, of, uh, of call volume and, and quite frankly the uh, reduction in response times and the amount of time uh, that paramedics are sitting in hospitals. So uh, this, they, they came forward with 53 recommendations in total. Ten came out last spring uh, and because I charged the, uh, the panel saying you know, what are the quick hits and what can we implement quickly. So those ten um, that they were, uh, came out uh, in the spring we, we already uh, Hit, hit the ground running with that um they provided another uh 43 for uh, recommendations for um, that came out in the fall and uh, and what we released yesterday uh is the the entire report uh, and also our plan forward for the recommendations. so that's that's the first report uh, the second report that stemmed from our consolidation of dispatch uh in the in the province as you may recall uh, you know, we had four municipalities uh, that were not as part of the centralized dispatch system, uh, which included uh, included Calgary, and uh, we put that into the uh, uh, our centralized dispatch system. because Some concerns were raised. So we, we did an independent review, and we, we hired a, a consultant to actually talk with all the parties and look at the data, uh, and, and long story short, what they found uh, in that uh, in that report is that the dispatch system itself um, did not uh, necessarily significantly impact the the amount of times in terms of of, uh, of um, you know ambulances getting on on the scene, uh, but they did find, and, and this is the issue that we, we saw, um, and this is what we asked the the first report and the people that look at um, that they that you know increased call volumes, uh, not having sufficient resources mm-hmm. to be able to uh, get. get Get people the ambulances exactly when they needed it, as, as quickly as they needed it. Uh, and they came forward with a, uh, a number of re- re- recommendations—you know, uh, 40 rec- over 40 recommendations—to say, "Okay, here's how you address that issue." Plus, we need to do a better job integrating dispatch uh, with local fire, uh, local fire and police at the highest level. Uh, and there was a ton of overlap between the, these two reports, so, so that's why when we announced yesterday, we, we released both reports at the same time. We, we announced them saying, "Look, we know we need to fix the problem in terms." in terms of quicker response times uh, and, uh, and also the, uh, you know, reducing the, the wait time that ambulances are in the, in the hospital and, and improve a dispatch. Uh, and so we announced them both tomorrow. Um, my colleague, parliamentary uh, secretary for EMS, uh, RJ Sergitson, is going to take lead in terms of implementation. And, and just one last comment. We're not standing still. Like, un- we also announced yesterday Uh, In this front, because we we, we've received the reports, Um, you know, AHS had a ten-point plan. Um, This has been made one of the key priorities for our new official administrator, Dr. John Cowell Mm -hmm. at uh, at AHS. So we're acting already. And so we talked about you know yesterday uh, stuff that's stemming from the report. An additional uh, twenty ambulances in Calgary and Edmonton for peak hours. With staff, just want to be crystal clear about that. Uh, with staff uh, coming out in the uh, this spring, uh, we also uh, announced our approach to using um, uh, other service providers for inter facility transfers, those are transfers between hospitals. So that, like today, right now, we have our highest level ambulances, and highest trained staff moving people between. Um, we may not. We don't necessarily need that level of, mm. of, uh, of expertise. So by bringing in other service providers, we can do that. Uh, and then also focusing on on how do we you know provide supports to paramedics so that they can treat on scene and don't have to bring them in, 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 into the hospital as well. So uh, these are some of the recommendations that were, were coming out of the reports. We're already acting on them because, as you said in your intro. Um, the the premier has promised that we're going to act and act quickly, uh, and we're, we're doing that.
0: Um, Minister, a couple of things you mentioned, like the, the new ambulances are coming, um, and you know, immediately the, the union representing EMS workers said, well, I mean, we had tens of thousands of shifts that went unfilled last year. You can put as many new trucks on the road as you want. You say with staff. Where does the staff come from? I mean, EMS says that's the issue we're dealing with here. We just don't have enough bodies to actually even fill the shifts we have now, let alone new ones
1: yeah so I, I appreciate the, the the challenge of staff. and as you indicated that this is a challenge that not only facing in Alberta but quite frankly across the country. Um, we have more staff now than we've ever had before. We've actually you know met. Uh, hired uh, additional 341 paramedics across the province, and, and we're continuing to hire. So right now, AHF is uh, you know out there doing uh, recruitment uh, not only across the country but in places like Australia, for example, uh, are using our immigration system uh, where they have a surplus of paramedics. In addition, uh, we are also um, training more. Uh, you know, as part of Budget 2022, uh, my colleague uh, Minister Nicolaitis announced uh, funding for. Uh, uh, more paramedic seats across the entire province so we we fully recognize that that staffing is going to be a challenge but we're also making you know it's we come back to the apec report you know that's one of the things that that i asked them to do and they come back with recommendations is is how do we retain staff uh and then how do we recruit staff and and two key issues is is one scheduling uh so the report and we're already moving on this as part of our 10 point plan uh is in terms of the uh, uh Scheduling with, uh, with you know, in terms of flex time and core time, that you know, doesn't necessarily work. People are on duty far too long, so we're addressing that issue. Mental health supports uh, for paramedics, and then and then a the big thing is, and this is what we heard, and you know, and my hats off to the entire committee, uh, the co-chairs, you know, R. J. Sigurdson, my colleague, and M L A Tracy Allard as well. They, you know, did surveys of well over. You know, uh, thousand um, responses from EMS workers, and, and one of the one of the things that they heard is that one of the challenges for EMS workers is the amount of time that they're waiting in the hospital. They're not out in the community mm-hmm. helping people, which is what they what what they, they uh, signed up to do. Uh, many times the shifts are far too long in the hospitals, and we're working that issue right now. So I appreciate uh you know uh, mike's comment that it's a challenge but we are focusing on not only uh, getting more supplies so this is between immigration uh and and training uh but also making the job better for the people on the ground so we reduce the turnover and to get the people that we need so but the first step is is to actually create the jobs fund the jobs get the equipment uh and then continue uh,
0: on working on supply. Um, Minister, you mentioned something there. That every time we talk about this on the air, this is what people focus on, is the fact that we have EMS workers continuing to wait for hours on end to dispatch their patients once they get them to the hospital. I know there's some there's some preliminary talks about how to address that, change that, which it seems like should be an easy fix, and I know it's not, but you know, to a, to a layman, it seems like there should be some kind of answer. What's being done now? There's, there's an assessment process that's going to happen where maybe an EMT doesn't have to sit there and, and essentially babysit someone in in a, in a waiting room hallway,
1: yeah. So, so that's, that's one of the things. That, and, and thanks for raising that. We also talked about yesterday, and uh, and are and putting into effect uh, right now, which is for lower acuity patients um that you know after there's a, a detailed assessment uh, there's a handoff to the hospital uh then you know um th- they can sit there and wait uh with you know oversight from the hospital and then the paramedics can just turn right. turn and leave right and then get back out on the road so that's going to help and then the other issue is and this is you know and i think important for you know your listeners is this is about flow and, you know the the paramedics EMS system is, you know, the call, at the start, but then they move from there into the emergency department, emergency department, uh, often into the, uh, uh, you know, inpatient in the hospital, uh, and then from there, you know, certainly, uh, you know, may need to move, you know, elsewhere in terms of ultimate level of care. Um, and so what we're doing is we're, t- uh, and, and Dr. Cowell is as part of uh, his mandate, is attacking the issues that flow through the entire system. So it's not only, you know, able to respond and get paramedics back up the road for the next call it's increasing resources uh, and improving triage within emergency department and building capacity we're doing that same within patient rooms but also on uh, alternate levels of care Uh, so for example last week we had an announcement uh, jasper place wellness center uh, the creation of uh, 36 new transitional beds for individuals who are homeless uh and you know typically beforehand they would stay you know they, they'd get the treatment in the emergency department but they, they'd stay in yeah. a bed because there's no place to go right or you know after a certain point of time that they're that they're they're uh, um they don't necessarily need to be there but you know they're they're well then they'd go back out in the street and then come back again you know because that's not a healthy place for them to be back into the emergency department so so this announcement was creating How can we solve that problem for two things? One is to improve the health outcomes uh, for some of the most vulnerable in our our society. Uh, And then then secondly is improve the entire flow throughout our our, our emergency department system. So this bridge healing uh, transitional accommodation program sets up a a transitional bed, allows the uh, the Jasper Place Wellness Center to do their great work of finding uh, individuals um, with uh, more permanent uh, lodging, um, wraparound services, and social workers. You know, how do we find a job? If mental health and addictions, that's the issue. How do we deal with that? Uh, and then get them on their way so they don't come back into the system again. Supporting them, and then we have the bed again for the next person to be able to do that. So all of these things are doing throughout the. Uh, uh, Throughout our entire system, but it's it's not one thing. Sadly, there is no silver bullet. It's going to be a lot of little things that we do to improve the system. But it's 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 how you know the work that we announced today, and then and also with the uh, um, uh, the new beds with the Jasper Place Wellness Center, all of these things will help and reduce the uh, uh, EMS response times, the EMS wait times and, uh, and uh, Emergency Department White Times as well.
0: And like you said, there's dozens and dozens of things that came out of this report. Some of them are already underway. Some are being started right away. I mean, how, you know, doing this quickly is sort of, is that the focus, I, I guess, or trying to make some, some things happen fast?
1: So it's a combination of both. So short, medium, and long term. So this is, uh, you know, as you indicated, uh, there are over 90-plus. Uh, recommendations now some of them are overlapped. right so, so things that came out of the uh, dispatch report are uh, uh, overlap very much with what came out of the the APAC report so you know we are implementing right now things that we can uh, put in place quickly um, you know we have put aside additional funding this year like over 60 million dollars for enhancing EMS capacity so that things are finding but we also know that you know medium to longer term we need a sustainable solution and some of these problems did been, been, uh Uh, Pure overnight, and we're not going to solve overnight. So um, uh, we've tasked my colleague, um, Parliamentary Secretary Sigurdsson, with, um, you know, let's implement right now and stuff on the way uh, and get it and and quickly to solve it. But also we need to make sure that it's sustainable for the long time, that we have the resources that we can attract and retain the people uh, to work in the jobs and continue to drive down the metrics in terms of response times and and emergency department wait times.
0: Minister, I, I appreciate you being with us. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but I do thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks so much for the time and, and have a great day. YouTube. That's Jason Copping, Minister of Health.